play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome into Portland, Oregon on a beautiful Tuesday evening. This is the Commissioner Corner Podcast spotlighting the League of Ordinary Gentlemen filled with not-so-ordinary gentlemen, in fact. And I'm sitting with three of the finest fantasy football minds in the game. Paul the Prophet Sheffield sitting right across from me. And to my left, Tyler, Agent Double Eleven Bagenstoss. And of course, KG, Kyle, the Big Ticket George. Three of your favorite Lug owners sitting down with Con tonight to... Wrap up last season a little bit, talk about what transpired, look forward to 2019, kind of fill the listeners in. I mean, this is the first time we're going to be bringing you week-by-week updates about our fantasy football league, because as they say, everyone loves to talk about your own fantasy football league, and we are going to um, hopefully provide you two shows a week, give the people kind of an inside look at the friendship that started the Portland Pocket, as well as a fantasy football league that has ascended to heights we could have never expected. Um, so with that, I I would like to go around real quick and get one word on your guys's to summarize your feelings heading into the 2019 Luke season. We've drafted our teams. We'll get to that later, but just one word, nothing too long, nothing too short. Amped. Redemption. (laughs) Orgasmic. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. And so to start this podcast off, we want to do a little quick recap of the 2018, 2019 season. And of course, bomb, bomb, bomb. That means we have to start by talking about the champ himself. Jack McDonnell uh, wraps up the season, grabbing his third Lug title in six seasons. Safe to say early on, he's looking like the Lug's uh, 1950s Bill Russell of sorts. But I think it's safe to say uh, the tides are changing this season, and we're all tired of talking about that. So that wraps up the 2018-2019 season recap right there. Moving on? Moving on. That's enough of Jack. Um it was a great season, though, overall. You saw a lot of improvement from owners and really sets the table for what's going to be a thrilling 2019 campaign. Um, let's give a little background before we head into the draft summary on what our league kind of, the, the parameters surrounding our league, the mold. Um, what we're all about. Exactly. and, and Money. Money. Um, and, and so to start that, I, I want to talk about uh, this is a half-point PPR league, and just get quick thoughts on why we made that change in the 2018 or 2017-2018 season and how you all thought that went. Just kind of concise points on that change and your reflection after one full season with the half-point PPR. I want to start with Kyle on this one. I would say it was a great success. A great success, as uh, Borat once said. <laughs> great success. Um, but I, I will say I was one of the bigger proponents of the ha- of upgrading to a half point PPR league rather than a full point PPR league. We were no PPR uh, for right. the first was it five seasons. Um, I think the half point does a really good job of because I think we're a full point PPR. Paul, let me know if you disagree. Is like where it really kind of makes me angry is when a running back who gets like five catches for you know say it's only like twenty five yards is getting you you know upwards of seven points there. I feel like the half point doesn't overvalue the running backs too much. It does allow you to get an RB2 in every week that can at least do something, but it doesn't overvalue them. And I think it 
values receivers the right amount by giving them a half point because like if you have a number one receiver you want them getting right. a point for every catch because that's rewarding their target load Absolutely. so uh, yeah i don't know if ty paul you guys can bring your own opinions but i personally really love the half point no i i completely agree i think with half half point ppr and this is this is where a lot of people disagree but i think 10 receptions for 70 yards should mean more than two receptions for 70 yards and when you do a full point ppr that number number is astronomically different. But when you do half-point PPR, it rewards the player for catching more balls, which is a skill, right. um, but he's still getting the same yardage. So I, I, that's why I think ha- the half-point PPR is kind of a happy medium for us. A good compromise for both uh, parties. I like it. It helped me out with Tariq Cohen. Um, I think it's a good uh, good way to value both positions, being the receiver and the running back. I do think Jack has a, a, a kind of a point when he brings up that he doesn't love like screen passes that gain zero yards getting a point. But I think a half point is a good result for that because a half point, you're not going to get too many zero yard screen passes for one game. I don't think, you know, that gives you a half point or maybe a full point. Um, and so I don't think it overvalues receiving backs too much. Like I do think a full point PPR has a tendency to sway it too far one direction. Another new addition to our leagues, if you want to call it constitution this year, is the last place punishment, which I think is genius. Was this you, Tyler, who thought this up? I would love for you to just take the floor here and explain this devious but perfectly brilliant plan for the last place finisher, i.e. Paul Sheffield, um, in the 2019-2020 season. I feel like doing something that pushes us to our limits and really challenges everyone to bring it their all is a beer mile, a classic beer mile. Finish a beer after each lap, shotgun it. I don't know, do what you got to do to get it down, but got to finish it before you continue on. And, and didn't we set a we set a ten minute per uh, ten minute limit on that? I feel like that's fair, Paul. Well, I see beads of sweat on Paul's I, forehead yeah, as I, I say I was ten minutes. Say, did anyone else like envision anyone except for me running that mile? You guys are all no. We all thought of you. Yeah, exactly. I thought of me. I right. think of me and really struggling with that because I think I think Tyler when he created this is really underestimating how difficult it will be to run but it has to be three it, beers it has to be painful though it, yeah, has, it has to be, to be painful. painful i can't even do no, that it normal. it's okay if you <laughs> that. I mean, it's okay and, to and it's fail. four beers right four yeah, laps. Yeah. Four well, beers. i'm saying like that third lap once you've had that third beer and you're gonna be oh, stumbling gonna a little bit that shit dude i you're mean gonna, you're gonna be throwing up you, which is fine i don't care about that side of things more just like it's, it's got to be some to sort of that in ten minutes. It's got to be some sort of punishment. I mean, you lost the Lug, dude. I, I agree mean, completely. We, we did basically nothing this year. Paul should all Venmo us five bucks each for losing. No, he should still take us to dinner. But to, that that I'm excited about the punishment that's been agreed upon this year, and and I think uh, in general it, it adds a little spice to the Lug when when I don't think we needed it. If anything, we're just extending on the momentum from last season. Um, and to show how serious we are about our fantasy football commitments and not being the richest people, we did make the significant commitment for our group of $100 per person to kind of set the stage for the financial gain that we are playing for this season. Um, I think that kind of gives a good background. We're doing the standard ESPN lineup, so just one flex, tight end, Two running backs, two receivers, quarterback, defense, kicker. Um, nothing significant really otherwise about our scoring setup and uh, 10-team league. So get pretty, I wouldn't say stack teams, but you get pretty good depth. Solid teams. Yeah, Absolutely. pretty good chance to play with players that you see take the ball or touch the ball significantly on Sunday. Um, I think it's time to dive into what was a fantastic Sunday night draft um, for the League of Ordinary Gentlemen taking place on August 18th. Um, 
so kind of one thing we're thinking of doing tonight is a winner and loser kind of breaking the draft up in a couple different portions um first being the winners and losers uh from round one and through three so kind of your core players and kind of who you're building your team around um i want to start with paul first on this one uh paul who who are your winners and losers from our draft sunday night um from rounds one through three whose core do you really like core i really like i think i like two i forget who jack's third pick was but giving getting Devonte adams and julio jones at 14 uh, I think Jack was a little upset that he couldn't get DeAndre Hopkins at number uh, in the first round. At seven, yeah. I believe yeah, it was Ty was his third pick. Okay, T- yes, so yeah. Ty. So Ty, I mean, I, I'm going to mostly be on one and two because his one and two are just unreal. Um, so he was a little upset about Hopkins, but still got Devonte Adams, who I actually had ranked myself higher than um, Hopkins, and then he got Julio Jones, which I think he was surprised to get. Um, so I think Jack, I think, had a really strong start to his draft. Uh, and I wanted to stick away from my team as much as possible, but I really hated my first three rounds. I, I'll be honest. I, I, Melvin Gordon in the third. Well, the Melvin makes yeah. it obviously yeah, yeah, very absolutely, interesting. Ab- absolutely. So Melvin Gordon obviously is going to be the the big kicker there. I panicked. Um, basically, I got zero out of three players that I wanted in the first three rounds. I was pretty set on getting Kamara, and I didn't. I didn't get Kamara. I was pretty set on getting either Chubb, Juju, or um, or. The running back for the Steelers. Why am I blanking? James uh, Brown. Ja- uh, uh, Connor. Sorry. Didn't get any of that. So I, I, I panicked and went with Evans. Love James Brown. Um, and then obviously Melvin Gordon. So I, I, I did not love my first three rounds. So I'd go Jack as my high at the first. And Your winner. Me. Yeah. And, and It's fair. Ty, what are your thoughts when you're reflecting on our draft and kind of rounds go, one through three? Yeah, I'll go loser first of this draft. And I'm sorry, John Fishback, but. You got a couple sketchy guys. Todd Gurley with the injuries uh, still lingering. Amari Cooper had just uh, kind of went down, which is sad for me as well. But uh, Greg Olson, kind of David Montgomery. Um, oh, sorry. Um, so John's my loser right now. But for the the winner, I have to go, unfortunately, Connor. Oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing yeah, that. Yeah, first three rounds. <laughs> I mean, he, he, from, the, from the one spot, it's, it's hard to do, but, you know, and, I'm a special guy. It's certainly helping that Dak Prescott is his starting quarterback. I was going to bring that up to you later. (laughs) Um, But Alvin Kamara and A.B., right, Con? Yeah, Alvin Kamara, A.B. You just have uh, a lot of electrics in there. So a potential for big points on the bench. I mean, on the roster. Kyle, what were your reflections after the first three rounds as we were drafting Sunday night? Uh, I'm surprised. Uh, I agree with you, Ty. I think Connor had a good first three, but I'm surprised no one brought up Randall. I think Randall had the best first three picks. He went Saquon, Dalvin Cook, and Devontae Freeman. You also throw in Stefan Diggs in there for a top four. Really like that core. I think, uh, as a Falcons fan, I think Devontae Freeman's going to have a bounce back year this year, being 100% healthy. He entered last year with some you know previous injuries, and he obviously got hurt in the first game. I think that could be a very underrated pick for Randall, especially having him in that flex position. Um, and then selfishly, I liked my first three just because I got the first three guys I planned on getting. Um, obviously, there's risk with Zeke, but I also got Kelsey and uh, Adam Thielen for my first three picks. So I you, like that core. You got you got all three guys that you wanted in the first three. The, fir- the three guys that I had planned out to try and get, and with my first three picks, I ended up. getting. So like not even your backups or anything. Your first three picks yeah. that you got. Oh, that's cool. But that, 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 that was that, just because like I I looked at the board and I was like. 
who who would realistically be available at these picks, and that's what I wanted. That must feel nice to get the guys that you wanted to early on in the draft. Hey, you have to adjust with the Luke, Paul. <laughs> um, I, I think for uh, right after receiving that love, Ty, I'm going to throw some hate at you because you were my loser for the first three rounds. Uh, that That's not to say I didn't love the Patty Mahomes and Tyreek Hill combo, but as I was warned last year, the combo on the same team, even if it is the Chiefs, can be a tad bit scary. Just a tad bit, but... Uh, the, the main the main one is Le'Veon. I'm scared because I, I think he's very talented, but I'm wondering how pivotal the Steelers' offensive line was to his success being a guy that's so patient in the backfield. What if no holes ever open up? Pittsburgh was good at opening up holes late, and I'm scared with the Jets that that might not be the same case. The one saving grace, I guess, is he catches the ball out of the backfield mm-hmm. uh, in his career. So it's true. It, he's as, no as of as the same as last year. Le'Veon's pivotal, and I could be eating those words if he has uh, the career season after a full year no. off. He will get like twenty five carries a game, so that's good. Yeah, I, he I is think their my team's guy. either sky high or rock bottom. Yeah, because with Jacobs too, we'll get into that. We'll yeah, get into that. But yeah, um, my winner goes to uh, Kyle. I thought. I thought stellar draft overall and i thought he started off on a uh, the right foot sorry i'm trying to pull up uh, his team real quick so i can speak more confidently on it but i believe you went zeke who who i think the zeke holdouts obviously super interesting super stressful if you're the fantasy owner um but overall i think zeke's gonna come back and play he might miss a game or two but i think he'll play a majority of the season uh and then on top of that i'm a huge adam thielen guy I think his consistency is exactly what I love in a wide receiver. I was really hoping to get him. Knew he wouldn't fall to me, but I, I was just kind of hope, pray, hoping and praying. And then, um, although Kelsey's a tight end, in my head, he's a wide receiver because he scores those kind of points. I remembered him all year last year on Tyler's team. I played Tyler two or three times in the season. And Kelsey always is like damn near 14 to 20 points. And that's better than a lot of receivers. And I love reliable tight ends like because i think quarterbacks tend to look at the middle of the field uh, a lot more than the sides i don't have any stats to back that up that's more me in the backyard i'm staring right or not backyard madden i'm staring right down the middle that's why mm-hmm. i'm always running slants um but <laughs> I, uh, I will take this time to explain my draft pick though of zeke elliott because okay i, wa- yeah, I want it. this time so basically i did a lot of reading about an hour before the draft i i kind of talked to ty about it it doesn't seem like Zeke really has any leverage in this situation. And just to give brief details, basically he's still on his rookie contract, which means if he doesn't play at all this season, his contract essentially rolls forward. So the 3.9 mil he's going to make this year, that would just fall to next season. And then the 9 mil he makes next season would fall to the season after that. So he really has nothing that the Cowboys are like are scared of, I guess, when it comes to negotiations. So that's why I'm just very confident that something's going to get worked out here because Zeke's not going to just you know sit out this year knowing he'd be in the same situation next year. And if he sat out the next year, he'd be in the same situation again for a third season. So it really makes no sense that he's not going to get a deal. I'd say the worst case scenario, talk to Ty about this, he has to play before week 10. That's like the, the contingencies he's essentially under. I honestly don't know the exact rules behind that, but that's just what I read. So that's the worst case scenario for me, which means I would have to be, you know, be short on running backs, but have him for the playoffs if I made it. But I mean, that's a big if, if I didn't have Zeke all year, 
But well, essentially, I thought the risk wasn't high enough to where the value he provides, like, I didn't think the risk exceeded that value. That's yeah. an accountant. And, and you're, yeah, there's an accountant, but you're always scared with Jerry Jones. I mean, you, you're you're a great regular season owner. I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, just well, I just want to pile it on. I mean, you're, you're trying to trade for Tony Pollard over here. I mean, I got him on the bench if you want him. I mean, hey, I mean, I was open to trade talks, but I'm not desperate by any means. I just have a trade asset in Zach Ertz and. Right. I, I look at him as arguably the best flex to have just because he's a, he's a wide receiver too. He scored 216 points. Look at all your wide receiver twos. I bet I bet seven out of the ten teams in this league's wide receiver twos on their roster right now did not score 216 points last year. All right. I'd be willing to put a bet on that. Uh, while we're speaking of value in the later rounds, let's talk about rounds four through eight and who you all saw as kind of a value pick you were envious of maybe a sleeper uh someone that they can be uh they can have notoriety behind their name but fell to these rounds and you were loved their selection via what you think their projection will be this season um i i I can i can go ahead and take the lead on this one uh right after i finished bashing ty i kind of like Tariq cohen a little bit i don't know if i that's kind of my quick assumption is he is I think I'm not a huge fan of. Is there Henderson? Is there a rookie for them? Uh, John got him, but I, I'm not. I, I think Tariq Cohen's an absolute playmaker, and I think Matt Nagy coming from Andy Reid's system is a guy that relies on that old Philly Brian Westbrook style offense, where you're going to dish it to your running back, and he's going to be a playmaker. Size scares me, obviously, but as Trubisky develops, as Allen Robinson becomes a more relied upon receiver, I think you're going to see. Tariq Cohen really benefit um, from some open space. I mean, anytime he's in open space, he's dangerous. And I, I don't know. I think he's going to be a guy that can steal you some touchdowns this season. I'm, I'm hoping to see him get like, well, not hoping, but I, I'm projecting a great season, like eight touchdowns out of him, which if that's if that's floating on your bench somewhere or right in your flex, that's not a bad place to be at all. The, so. so he was with Jordan Howard last year. I remember right. John had him. Now this year, David Montgomery. Montgomery, rookie. sorry. Rookie. Yes, that, yeah. So. And Montgomery's really good, and there's a lot For of good sure. hype around him. I just think when it comes down to it, it's so irresistible to have that playmaker of Cohen. And they probably trust Cohen a little more right now for late days or late down situations so for sure right um paul you've been studying over there do you have your uh kind of mid-round player pick that you were really envious of or or could be your own uh oh yeah i'll talk about my, I, I i love talking about my team as much as the next guy um yeah, go. i i love my bench and i can't get over this enough and connor says everyone loves their bench before the season starts <laughs> that's a fact of fantasy football yeah, no, everyone loves is. their bench and team before the season yeah. starts I, everyone's scared but everyone's like oh yeah that was nice that was not he's gonna take okay sorry yeah no but i love um specifically christian kirk i think christian kirk has the opportunity to be a breakout wide receiver this year. Yeah, he's he one. He's paired right next to Larry Fitzgerald, so he gets that veteran treatment. Um, you have a rookie quarterback, and then you have a high-powered offense that just wants to throw the ball and make run as many plays as possible. So I think Christian Kirk is um, possibly destined for um, a really, really good breakout season. And he's not even the first guy on my bench. I have Philip Lindsay, who I know people might be a little down on this year, but Philip Lindsay is on my bench right now. So I, I'm really excited about my first yeah, two bench true. tries. They're nice. Ty? Yeah, I'll take this. Uh, I'm going to give John some love here. And I'm going to go with the kind of, for, not forgotten, but I'd say a tiny bit slept on Browns receiver Jarvis Landry. 
I think with Baker slinging it around a little more, new coach, new system, and playing alongside of OBJ will open up some uh, opportunities for him, and I'm looking for him to make an impact on John's team here. I'll take Ninjoku with more fantasy points this year than Jarvis Landry. Wow. Ooh. I like that. Hey, take, we need to note these because two interesting things. Kyle bet no, or seven out of ten. Uh, wide receiver I confirmed two. it. There's one person in this league who has a wide receiver two that scored more than Zach Hurts, and it's Jack McDonald with Julio Jones. Every single other person does not have a wide receiver two that But it's about anymore. this year, so I think that bet has I, to I continue understand. to this season. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, yeah, for this year. Okay, so Zach, I guess Zach Ertz has to, to outscore seven like out of that. ten wide receiver twos, or uh, <laughs> Kyle will skinny dip past 10 p.m. in the fall in Oregon. It'll be very cold, I promise. Um, Paul, what was the bet you just sealed your fate on? Uh, oh, in Joku, more in, points than Jarvis Landry. In fantasy. In fantasy, of yeah. course. Yeah, I, interesting. It's a, it's a gentleman's bet. That's uh, that's the confidence I have in it, but I want nice to handshake. Yeah. <laughs> Good handshake there. Love to see it. And it'll be between the two shows once we go to two a week. So that'll be interesting to talk about. Uh, Kyle, go ahead and give us your favorite sleeper pick or value pick from rounds four through eight. I already ranted on Zach Ertz, so I'll stop there. Um, I like Tyler Lockett for Derek. Damn it. I was just going to correct myself and say, hey, I like Treat Cohen, but I love Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, I mean, that number one spot in Seattle, I think he's already a really good fantasy player. I shouldn't say really good, but a, a solid, like, flex wide receiver two option. I think this year he has you know, strong upper tier wide receiver two upside um, in that offense. So that's what I'm going with. Yep. And and one notable for me is Mike Williams as well. Uh, oh, we should give Derek credit. Derek's the one that... Uh, Derek's both of them. Grab, uh, no, no. Derek Cooper grabbed oh, Mike Williams. Right. Um, Derek with Tyler Lockett. So Cooper, credit to you on Mike Williams there um, with Tyrell Williams, I believe, leaving over to Oakland. Uh, Mike Williams should see good increase. And Williams is his flex? Yeah, yeah that's, Williams that's is his flex. flex. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And he's a good deep threat, and Phillip Rivers knows how to throw the ball. So that's always a positive. The gunslinger. Right. And then uh, the the last bit here for the second half of the draft rounds, 8 through 16, you can go with this in terms of a deep sleeper you loved or just a pick you thought was kind of funny, someone you, dra- you saw drafted that you had forgotten even was in the NFL or just something you guys loved. Um, Tyler, I want to start with you. I actually went on the waiver wire already oh okay and perfect yes and undrafted free agents do count went and snagged cole beasley from buffalo oh oh interesting he's their number one i think I know. <laughs> and josh allen throws it and he put up some big games last year with Dak. i know he can catch the ball well he's, that's because he only runs five yard routes I, there's a chance he gets some more fantasy points this year love it i like that one um How'd kyle do you want to go or do you want me to go you go okay I'm mine mine was an easy choice because john fishback Always does this, and I thought for once we were going to get past it, but he grabs Josh Gordon. <laughs> <That's what I'm> <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> he, he grabs Josh Gordon like he does every year, and then literally like less than 24 hours later, we see that he's reinstated to the Patriots <laughs> roster, and I swear John does no, this. It was after. After. No, it, it was, was after. after. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. It was yeah. after, but I swear he does this every year where he grabs Josh Gordon when everyone forgets about him and then holds on to him until he's reinstated and he fucks up again. It, it hasn't hurt us in the last couple seasons, but hilarious that he did pull it off for like what has to be the fifth draft in a row that he's grabbed Josh Gordon. He could have gotten him on waivers. I st- strongly believe he would have fallen to waivers. But I could have gotten Sean Mannion on yeah, waivers, but go Bees. You're right. Yeah. Um, Am I up? Yep. Paul. Uh, I think this was just a part of the rivalry pick, so I'm going to do this in one of the later rounds, but Kareem Hunt by Jack, uh, I think was... Uh, <sighs> <laughs> was a pick just to say uh, to you, Connor, that he he's waiting for Chubb to 
to come down. I don't think Chubb will I, come down. I but, thought it was more of Jack making a political statement of where he stands. Yeah, he does. Oh. I, I did hear Jack kicks women. I, I well, and that, <laughs> that, from what I understood, there were nine of us very on board with not drafting anyone with the criminal history. Absolutely. Um, shout out Tyler having Tyree kill, mm-hmm. but uh, he's clean. He's clean. Never proven guilty. Um, but Jack just OJ didn't do it. Shocking the <laughs> shocking the league, grabbing a guy on the wrong side of the law. I I can't say enough how i hope this doesn't work out for jack um, <laughs> kyle do you have your all of us say that round <laughs> pick? mine goes to david uh david with uh darius geis nice um i Good think he, he has him on his bench geis right now is nice uh i do think that could be a very valuable pick going forward um i do have ap so i kind of hope it doesn't work out that way but uh <laughs> that's a solid pick all righty i can see guys being like a a later later like start week five and just go on a tear for week five let ap kind of run his game beginning of the season then just have guys just boom and washington last year did seem to rotate a couple running backs in that all succeeded when they Mm -hmm. were in there for a time and again so maybe it's a good system for a strong rookie like him to uh go play for sure all righty let's take a quick break and when we come back of course it wouldn't be our post draft recap if we weren't doing our way too early fantasy power rankings so the group has begrudgingly come to agreement upon our 10 rankings. What was we'll give word? you those begrudgingly. What does that mean? Disputed and not not in agreement, but you settled. Ah, to, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So you learn things, Ty. Yeah. You the gotta fantasy ask questions football. Only in know. fantasy football yeah. would you learn something like that. That or school. Um, we'll <laughs> talk to you about those rankings right after the break. We've got to be the dumbest team in America in terms of playing the game. Period. And um, it's embarrassing. And I represent that. And... Uh, I apologize for that, but that's the best we can do. Uh, that's a sad product. Welcome back in. Alrighty, we're excited to bring you our way too early 2019-2020 League of Ordinary Gentlemen preseason power rankings. Um, a unique format. Obviously, there's four of us. We all want our voices to be heard when it comes to these rankings as they are the commissioner corner group power rankings. Um, and so what we did is we each individually listed our 10, um, one being the best, 10 being the weakest, in our opinions after the draft and after a couple waiver wire pickups. Um, and from there, we did that, obviously, isolated rooms, had no contact with each other. That would Zero. be breaking the league's trust. Um, but from those other rooms, we came up with our rankings, combined them to get a overall score for each owner, and then that is kind of how we had our uh, rankings. So if you scored, for example, if you were the top-rated player in all four of our uh, – power rankings you get four points you're probably going to be you're definitely going to be the lowest scorer when it comes to the group rankings thus number one in the power rankings um simple simple of course with that let's start with number 10 uh number 10 an owner notorious this isn't based on past ownership history let me make that very clear this is just based on what we think of the roster so in this case obvious example we're not going to weigh into the fact that jack does have three championships in the past we're going to focus on what we think of the rosters as of right now when we're recording tuesday august 20th Alrighty. conversely we're not going to think of derek having the only goose egg season in the luke history or paul being absolutely tough to watch all year last year we won't take that into account whatsoever one money off john fishback thank you very much um so let's get started. Like I said, number 10, an owner normally notorious for crushing the regular season, not starting so hot in our group rankings. John Fishback, based 
in Thailand, off the coast of Thailand. We don't, we really don't know where. No. Um, but John comes in at ten in our group power rankings. Ty, I want to start just kind of with you. What your reflections were seeing John pop up in the last spot going into the season? Yeah, it was. Normally he's up there near, uh, near the top, but the coastal vibes are within him. He's diving. He's not really watching football. He's not like us grinding, researching. That's a great I mean, point. He, I, I don't know what his it. grind level is. I mean, I don't even know when he has Wi-Fi. Credit to him for making the draft, though. Credit to him. It was nice seeing his face that day. That, but, was, that is true. Um, he, he's got a team with a little bit of potential. He's already picked up Greg Olson off the waiver wire. Um, I don't want to understate him because he could definitely come back and do something special. Maybe Josh Gordon is a, um, just out of his mind this year, so... Paul, It'll be nice to see him. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, want to talk to you about the uh, Todd Gurley pick he had there, I think in the second or third round. Um, Todd Gurley, of course, a lot of suspicion around his knees. Did that contribute to your ratings when it came to John's team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll group Odell Beckham Jr. in this uh, scenario, too. I think Odell has had a history of injuries throughout his entire career. Um, and then Todd Gurley had a very steep drop-off uh, towards the end of last season, uh, hence why I picked up. Uh, a possible Todd Gurley backup but on the opposite end of the spectrum you also have a chance where Todd Gurley has a very similar season like he did last year you have Odell Beckham Jr. having his best season ever so while we have John at 10 there is another scenario where John just has two picks that we all slept on so um, it could go very much either way he could have two injuries or he could have the RB number one and the wide receiver number one absolutely Kyle, going over to you, want your reaction to John in the 10 spot. Yeah, initially very cold on his team, but I but I, but I agree, but I agree turn around quick. Um, if Todd Gurley is healthy, I mean, I had him last year. He scored over 20 points almost every single week. I think there's like the last two weeks where he was kind of injured. He didn't do it, but aside from that, 20 points guaranteed. So if he's healthy, that could really turn his team around. I think there's a lot of similar question marks surrounding OBJ and how he's going to do in Cleveland. Um, Amari Cooper, I'm not super high on him, but again, you know, fantasy things happen, so I think uh, things could turn around for John. But Todd Gurley's numbers were insane: twenty and a half, thirty and a half, twenty-one and a half, twenty-three, thirty, thirty-four, twenty-eight, thirty, and twenty-three and a half. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, loving that uh, recap. Just I, a great owner, just great drafting skills. Over I, remind me where you finished. Second, third, third. Uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, I think. I think. John's team not surprised to see him pull this ranking based on his draft uh, this season however I I my issue doesn't come with much of the starting lineup until I'm starting to look at that flex I already mentioned I love Tariq Cohen uh, I think David Montgomery is going to be good because that's the hype I've heard I mean that's solely the reason I think he's going to be good but I'm not loving the risk of Miles Sanders, Jarvis Landry, Breida, and especially Emmanuel Sanders, a guy that's normally so good. Already playing off an Achilles injury, that that really scares me. I mean, he tore his Achilles last year. It's only nine months later, and he's already playing in the preseason. Um, a guy I think John might be relying on to be a consistent flex player. Uh, my, I think it could be some adversity for Emmanuel Sanders this season. Um, looking at the nine spot, another kind of shocking development as former champ jack mcdonald takes the nine spot i think a lot of people confused with his three wide receiver draft strategy granted one we've seen him successfully pull off in the past um kyle we're gonna go in reverse order this time so i want to start with you what are your thoughts on uh jack's team after another unique year of drafting 
Yeah, I mean, his wide receivers are great. Um, I, I, I think that his sleeper is going to be A.J. Green if he comes back. He would then have Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and A.J. Green with arguably T.Y. off the bench. That's pretty nasty. I'll give him that. But, again, like I feel like this happens every year where I look at the rest of his team and I don't see any depth. Uh, his running backs, you know, Chris Carson as your number one, that actually makes me want to throw up. Like, that's really, really bad. Um, but, you know, Jack always finds a way, and I know we're not considering, you know, past finishes, but he does find a way to usually end up near the top, so I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. But just looking at this team, I'd, I'm not very thrilled. Again, on the opposite side of things, you have Chris Carson on the most runningest offense um, in the league. And he could very well have a Marshawn Lynch-esque season. Um, you have LaShawn McCoy, who's had uh, trade rumors. Did you just say Chris Dude, Carson you don't could know. have a Marshawn Lynch-esque you season? You don't know. Okay, I'll be a little biased on it. But I'm hot on Chris Carson. Are as you a Seahawks a, fan? Yeah. As it's a, one as, of his six Are, are you sure? Yeah. I, was just, I thought you liked other teams. No. He does. That's his thing. Go ahead. Keep going, Paul. I'm trying to talk nice on Jack, and this is what happens. So I can <laughs> well, go back to screwing It's the Jack nature somewhere. of the loop, Yeah, baby. it is. Um, no, but I actually do think Chris Carson could have a breakout season is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, as a flex, preferably, not as an RB1. Um, <laughs> That's then, a major point. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, I was looking at Chris Carson for my flex, and then dr- Jack drops him there. But again, same thing goes to LaShawn McCoy, good running back in a bad system. There's been talk on possible trades, and knowing Jack's luck and the rest of the Lug's luck, you could see him all of a sudden just going to a Chiefs offense yep. or somewhere where all of a sudden now he's the RB1 on mm-hmm. a great offense, and that scares yep. me. And don't sleep on Jack because you know he's going to be looking to make trades. I was uh, uh, one of his trade partners last year, and he's definitely got some firepower there that he could deal. So uh, he has some. Uh, he has a good team. We, we all ranked him there because that's just how we felt, but we're going to see what happens. Yeah, agreed. And he has great to like. And he has got Greg the Leg, and and we've seen Greg the Leg only play for successful lube teams to this point in his fantasy career. So he's like a third receiver, man. It's ridiculous, it, right? A third receiver with a third leg. Um, at eight, our, our our I guess most accomplished player in the game of football, maybe our least accomplished player <laughs> in the game of fantasy. That's a good football. way to spin it. It's a uh, Cooper Sprunk. Uh, the beast from Montana, well, not from Montana, but rep in Montana. Coop comes in at eight, uh, a spot he's probably familiar with in a lot of the preseason rankings. That being said, I'll talk, I'll go ahead and start with Coop uh, and his team. Cooper was fantastic to end the season last year. He made um, a good run at the playoffs before meeting David, Cinderella story, and all that wave of momentum um, in week, I think, 11, thus rendering him out of contention. But outside of it's time to talk about it the legendary Carson Wentz choke that we saw Cooper Paul I think you did some research on when that pick was did you ever find the round yeah it was uh it was two picks after the second quarterback that was picked I just want that to be clear in the fifth round so it was two picks after Aaron Rodgers no Watson Deshaun Watson and then Cooper um with the clock winding down he's getting under 10 9 we're all kind of giving him shit um and out of nowhere he selects Carson Wentz. Um, not saying that Carson Wentz isn't going to be a great QB, but to use the fifth-round pick, that was shocking. Otherwise, I think uh, he built a pretty good base in those early rounds. Um, we talked about Mike Williams a little bit, and then I like the James Conner, on Johnson running back tandem that Cooper's rocking. Uh, I think the bench looks a little weak, but I like that running back combo, and I think Carrion's due for a big year. 
um, with Patricia being more of a hard-nosed football guy. So I see why Cooper's at eight, but as with everyone else, potential. Yep. Um, I think he's got a couple perfect. risky players on his bench. And Kenyon Drake and Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Uh, he's got for sure points in Michael Thomas and James Conner. Uh, Caution Wentz is a top 10 quarterback when he's playing well. Uh, he's got good potential and uh, the ability to put up big numbers with Brandon Cooks sitting there at his wide receiver too as well, who tends to put up big numbers. So I'm excited to see what Coop does this year. And uh, yeah. Yeah, this is another team that I feel like has a lot of, you know, very high ceiling. Uh, I love Kerryon Johnson. I think that's, I think we're going to look back and that's going to be one of the more underrated picks this year. Uh, now that he's by himself, essentially in Detroit, I, I don't know if they have a backup. Either way, if they do, he's probably not going to play very he's much. He's out of that rotating wheel. He was in right. last he, year with yeah, three they, backs. I feel like they've always had three backs yeah. and now he's finally the guy and he showed last year that he's capable of being the guy and then he got injured, but still I like that pickup. I think James Connor is going to be just as good as he was last year. Pick up where he left off. And then, uh, I like, uh, I like Paul's, uh, uh, what you were saying earlier about David Njoku. I actually like him as a tight end. I think he's going to be great in that Cleveland offense with Jarvis and OBJ around him. It's going to be a lot of focus on those two guys. I think we could see a big year out of him. Paul, what what were your thoughts um, on Cooper's team as you reflected? Yeah, just to piggyback off Njoku, um, I think he had a very Ertz-esque season before Ertz broke off last year. Mm-hmm. And so I could see Njoku being a, being a breakoff tight end this year. And... Um, Actually, different than what most of you guys said, I actually really like his bench. Um, he has Drake, who is the number one running back on a bad offense. He has Barber, who's the number one running back on a um, okay offense, um, who who might not get the starting role, but if he does, he'll probably be pretty much the sole carrier for them. Yep. And then he has Robbie Anderson, who at this point is the number one um, wide receiver for a quarterback that a lot of people still see as he's 22 and has a lot of potential to be a great quarterback. So, yep. I mean, he has three guys that all have potential to break out but as with anything they all have potential to bust so right and and we should mention uh this being a portland-based podcast coop is repping brandon cooks uh go beeves and a quick quick we won't spend too much time on cooks but is he the forgotten player in that rams offense i mean we're hearing so much you hear about cooper cup coming back off injury and how successful he was in the slot robert woods obviously gets a ton of attention after what was a breakout season last year and then todd Gurley. i mean the league mvp is brandon cooks getting forgotten or or for good reason do people tend to skip over him when they're having their discussions i i wouldn't say he i definitely didn't forget him um I just think that that offense is so dynamic that any one of those pieces on your team, you're going to be happy. Uh, you know, your guy may not have it one day where it's like, you know, I have Robert Woods. Maybe Cooper Cup gets the two touchdowns one game. It, you, you just have to live with that, right? You, you know, stop that shit. Paul, Paul's <laughs> celebrating his Cooper Cup selection. Oh, yeah. So, but that's what I mean. When you have any of those, obviously, Todd Gurley's the running back. And if he's, you know, the number one guy, he's yep. going to do Todd Gurley things. But any of those receivers, I think everyone's happy if you have them on your team. Absolutely. That's a good point. All righty. That scoots us right on down the list to number seven. Um, as things start to heat up, we pull in Derek Sanger uh Mr. Rocks himself uh, Ty, Rock a flock of flame. Rock a flock of flame is probably name. the leader in the clubhouse for names. I know Paul's going to have an issue with that, but uh, Rock a flock of flame. Derek fully embracing his blackout identity. We love seeing that. Paul, yep. what's your reaction? Obviously, a longtime rival here at the bottom of the league with you and Derek. What is your reaction seeing Derek at number seven and on his team going into this season? I like. Hmm. I I love that he picked Hopkins. Uh, 
before Jack. Just obviously a big victory for the whole league. Um, I like Mixon. I actually like Derek's team. He has a lot of guys that are good. Like, he has really good guys. I wouldn't say, I think besides Hopkins, he doesn't have a superstar, but he has a good group of guys. For sure. Is that a weird way to put it? But that's kind of how I think I think that's it. as no. basic as you could put it, yeah, actually. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> He's got solid wide receivers. Yep. Uh, Derek Henry's always up in the air. Had him last year. Wasn't a fan. Came up big for Jack late. It's tough to see. Uh, Very tough to see. Tough to see. Uh, but Hopkins, Allen, and Lockett with Baker. I mean, he, he has potential for big numbers this year. So I'm I'm really rooting for Derek this year. I want him to be in the contention. It would be, it would be great to see Derek in contention it this w- year. Yeah, I want him in contention this year. So... Uh, there's upside in them. Uh, yeah, there's been there's been a Derek Championship series before. He lost to none other than Joey Fishback in the championship. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Paul so with the admission. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's big audio. Oh, wow. That's big audio. Mark the fact that that's recorded. You're going to regret trophy, that. Joey Joey regret that. Shout out Joe. I think at this point it's it's at least got to be an asterisk, if not the full name now. At this right. point, I can't wow. believe that just happened. Paul. Right. And we'll get more into that trophy in later episodes, as it'll be an ongoing issue. Giving the crowd what they want. Um, I I like Derek's. Uh, core honestly he was one of my contenders for sneaky first three picks i think joe mixon and keenan allen paired with deandre hopkins has an opportunity to be lethal i think joe mixon is a guy who's somewhat slept on but with a new offense coming into town and him being their most talented option with aj green on the bench if i'm a rookie head coach i'm gonna force feed him the ball absolutely Um, and he is a playmaker that's for sure and then with a guy uh like keenan allen I know the injuries are there. I mean, that's obviously barely ever finishes a full season. But when you have Tyler Lockett kind of sitting as the backup with Russell being his quarterback, I feel really good about Keenan Allen as my two slot. Um, A little shaky at the Derrick Henry. I I think we all saw that. not really pay- i mean obviously it won jack a championship but in the regular season not a consistent performer um and i don't i want no part of that titans offense personally so Derek, a solid draft my favorite pick baker mayfield for him obviously oh, i'm a huge baker fan um my name team name is wake and baker for a reason but i i'm being serious i think i'm not normally huge on quarterback selection but i remember Derek getting him kind of late sixth seventh round and i think baker's set to have a huge year not just because of his receivers but the dude's got a cannon like and he he's a good quarterback i think he's shown that and out of the rookies we've seen in the last couple seasons i like his upside as a long-term option because he doesn't really have to rely on his legs um you had one more thing yeah i just had a quick thing i just kind of for how far this uh the lug has come i thought this was super interesting uh, when he picked Joe Mixon, I can't remember if it was Juju or if it was James Conner was still on the board. And Derek actually ended up going with Mixon, who I think might have been ranked lower than one of them. Um, and it just shows he took his personal biases aside and went with the player that he thought was best, which I thought was a very mature, good fantasy owner move. So look for Derek to be a sneaky owner this year. Okay. Also look for That's... James Conner to have a big year because of that. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. good analysis. <laughs> um, the sixth spot in the Luke. Way too early preseason rankings. He's sitting here tonight. Paul Sheffield. Um, Kyle, I want to start with you because I want to keep the muzzle on Paul as long as I can. Um, what do you think of Paul's team? What's your gut reaction to how he drafted? Obviously, Melvin Gordon sits on Paul's roster, so that's going to be a topic of conversation all season until that contract gets done. But what are you seeing? I actually like Paul's team a lot. Uh, there are definitely some variables that 
could not go your way. One of them being obviously Melvin, the other being Mike Evans. He always like recently he's been kind of scary, but I do think he's a true number one receiver and I think he'll be fine. Um, I do think you got the bet or who I would have wanted out of the top three picks. I love Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think he's, you know, he's going to get the ball so much this year and he kind of, we already saw it last year. Um, I think he's going to be your biggest score and I think he might be the overall number one score for running backs this year. Um, and even with Melvin Gordon, I do love Philip Lindsay. I had him last year. He's a great guy to have um, as your third running back. I guess you also have Marlon Mack. So you are pretty deep at the running back position. So if Melvin doesn't work out, you are in still a decent situation. And I love George Kittle. I think that's a great pickup too. So I'm, I'm actually pretty high on Paul's team. Tyler, want to go over to you? Yeah, so Connor was talking about pairing the quarterback with a wide receiver on your team earlier and with my Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I mean, Jared Goff and Cooper Cup have the um, potential to go off on occasion. I don't think it'll be uh, as consistent as other teams and players will be. Christian McCaffrey will be going off for you. Melvin Gordon, I don't really know his situation. I don't know exactly what's going on with them. I'm not a Chargers fan, so I don't really care. But if you have him, that would be (laughs) huge. If not, I have Eckler on my bench if you want to make a trade. Mike Evans uh, in a Tampa (laughs) Bay. Smart owner. I would hope that's not on your bench. He should be starting if he's... Well, I got to go. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, Mike Evans, always... A, I'm, I think he's like top five wide right receiver fantasy-wise. He's, he's just... He's a beast. So I think the only time he hasn't put up points is when he's been injured. I like that pick. George Kittle, I think everyone wishes they had him, except for Kyle, because he has the top two tight ends, like a jerk. Yep, say it again. Um, say it one more Jerk. <laughs> like your squad, Paul, but there's a potential for a down season. Yeah, when I'm looking at Paul's team, six is starting to feel a little low. I feel like we might have underestimated a tiny bit in that group rankings. Um, I think it hinges squarely on the shoulders of one, Marlon Mack. Um, I think I'm pretty convinced Melvin Gordon's not playing football this season. That's my uh, that's my opinion just based on articles. I don't know shit, obviously. But I agree. That, I, I, that's I, I kind of agree at this point. And, and I, when I start putting that into play, I'm not feeling unreal about the Marlon Mack, Philip Lindsay. You need Marlon Mack then to be kind of a consistent starting running back, which the Colts have said that's their plan. If he's not producing, that'll change quickly. Um, I love Philip Lindsay, though. I'm, I'm thinking Royce Freeman's going to do kind of the same thing where he plays well for a while, gets hurt, and then Lindsay takes over because Lindsay's a beast. Um, and you already brought him up earlier in the podcast, but Christian Kirk, good pick there, I think. Not so high on Sterling Shepard as many people are because I don't think Eli can get him the ball. Um, but overall, Paul, go ahead, take the floor. Number six, probably not. Uh, I know you're a little higher on your team originally. W- what are you thinking, though, about your squad more so than the ranking? No, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take this as maturely as I can. Um, first off, I, I love my team so much. Wow, it is just, it is, it is, it's, the, it's the team. This is it. Um, but to talk a little, little bit about the Mac situation, that's why I drafted Hines in the second to last round. Um, I, I really yeah. liked how I finished this draft. And so, say Marlon Mack gets hurt or something, you have Hines, who actually people are very hot on as a as a potential starter if something were to go, second go right. Yeah, so really, really high on him. And like I said, I got him in the second to last round. Um, and then something, you guys will probably get tired of me talking about stats at some point this season if you haven't already. Um, but an interesting thing. Never. Okay, great. So... Goff was a was a strategic pick for me, and, and here's why. So we talked about Woods, we talked about Cup, we talked about uh, Brandon Cooks, talked about Todd Gurley. So when you have all these hot players that get the ball 
from a quarterback and you have now four guys that are within the top 60 and then you have the quarterback that's way lower there's something wrong with the ADP where that player where that quarterback is going and so either all of them fail or all of them succeed it's going to be very hard for Goff to fail and these receivers and running backs to succeed so yeah so 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 I actually really like Goff as my as my sole quarterback at this point um and worst case I can take one of Jack's 10 quarterbacks that he drafted so yeah that's a valid point um a good point paul yeah it is and that leads us to number five where another member of the round table square table that we're currently sitting at tyler bagenstoss agent double eleven i'm gonna start with you this time instead of uh ending with you your reflection on being number five and how your draft went i think my team has potential for the the championship but also i could be in last place in a matter of seconds uh, if Tariq Cohen doesn't pan out, uh, he's a, he's a risky player. He's a veteran on his team at, now at running back that um, the other guy's gone. Ebron at tight end is a iffy choice. Calvin Ridley is this is his year to prove it. He's on a prove it year in my opinion, right, Kyle? Yeah, no, so I would agree. That's kind of why I liked him there at my wide receiver two position. And if Tyreek Hill and Pat Mahomes pan out, that could be some big points on on my squad each week. And I'm really hoping that Le'Veon Bell, my guy, my guy. Derek's guy, but my guy. I need double the amount of points this year. So <laughs> well, he got you so zero, zero last year. Yeah, so, so double zero is yes. zero still. I just want that to be clear yeah. math wise. Yep. And then another risky one in Josh Jacobs. So we're going to see how that pans out. Paul, I, and just to give uh, the listeners some background, as we were preparing these rankings, Tyler might have been the most controversial team rankings wise. Me and Kyle had him in the nine, ten, eight, nine, ten range. Paul and Tyler had him both smack dab up at number. Uh, at the top of there they're both hotter on him than we were not to uh, put too many numbers out there but nonetheless comes out at five paul what were you uh, thinking when you saw that uh tyler's team resembles a lot of what your team looked like last year connor um and so i think that's why i liked it so much i think hill might be the only one that's actually um player for player the exact same um but pairing hill with the best quarterback in the league is just uh, a duo that's ridiculous so you're either gonna get six points from your quarterback or you're gonna get 12 points from two players. Sean um, Mannion is not on his roster, so take back that comment. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> but I think you look at, I think Tyler has the highest ceiling in this league is kind of how I'll put it. I think you could have Le'Veon beaten back at the number one total uh, RB ranking. You have Josh Jacobs, who a lot of people think will prove himself to be rookie of the year. Um, is it rookie? First year. First yeah. year. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Yeah. Out of Bama. Yeah. So potentially be rookie of the year. Um, so he could have two really good RB1s, a great quarterback, and then the number one wide receiver last year in Tyreek Hill. So I really like Tyler's team. Um, and then having Eckler right now on the bench um, and potentially taking over Gordon's spot on a winning offense. Uh, Tyler's team, I think, to me, is one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I Again, it's kind of already all been said, but I think the reason why I was a little colder on Tyler's team is I feel like every single player on your team, maybe aside from Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, is like a big risk. And you alluded to it. You alluded to it yourself. Like Le'Veon, new offense, don't really know how he's going to do with the Jets. Josh Jacobs, I can't really remember the last time Oakland had a really good running back despite how good the team has been. So that one still kind of scares me, but he's a rookie and rookies tend to do well. So maybe that'll work out for you. Tariq Cohen, again, he's a really fun player to watch, but he's again, he's the third down back. They have Montgomery coming in. He's going to be the one. He'll play two. more than that. Uh, well, he, he 
he's going to get the same amount of playing time we got last year. I don't know if he's going to be seeing any more snaps, is, I guess is my point. So it's still a little bit risky. Calvin Ridley, I'm a Falcons fan. I love him. I think he's great. Um, but there's a lot of risk. I mean, Mohamed hey. Sanu is, I think, arguably one of the most underrated receivers in the league and gets forgotten because he's not flashy. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he makes a lot of big plays. And so Calvin's going to have to get a lot of targets in order for him to... Big year for the Falcons, bro. It, Let's it go. is. And I, I think that pick could work out really well for you, but could also blow up in your face. Um, but yeah. You, you know the owner's not confident when he's rooting on his uh, <laughs> rival's favorite team. Oh, no, I'm confident. <laughs> Matt will be slanging it. Matt will be slanging it. Uh, Tyler, I like the top of your team. I'm really scared about your wide receivers. Calvin Ridley's your number two, and your next best is... Or your next three, the, all your benches are Corey Davis, John Brown, and Cole Beasley, two of which are Buffalo receivers, and, and the other is a Titans receiver. And so while I think they may be talented, I don't think those – offenses are talented and so i'm i'm thinking you're gonna need to find a waiver wire or trade Team money you want to make a trade there you go i have plenty of pieces to make trades. there we go there's some seeds being planted but let's not get into that now we need to let that simmer develop see what happens mm-hmm. uh, maybe some breaking news to lead next pod mm-hmm. um david comes in at it looks like that's listed as it's, they tied for third these two oh okay so there was there was a tie for third so we're gonna start with uh 3b that being david walser um David, the feel-good story of 2018 um, Luke season starts the year like 0 and 4, maybe 1 and 5, and just makes a glorious run to 7 and 5. Unfortunately, gets edged out in a tiebreaker to miss the playoffs, but it was fun to watch. It was the main topic of a lot of podcasts, and and honestly, it was. Um, Something I don't think David will ever forget, despite the cruel finish. Um, <laughs> Paul, what are your thoughts going looking at over David's roster? I think where David drafted, uh, I think he had overall probably one of the best drafts, if not the best draft. Um, he has Evan Ingram, who's a very, very good tight end that has a potential to be a top three tight end this next year. Um, he has Mark Ingram, who veteran that will show to be great as a flex. David Johnson, who kind of like what I was saying um, with my receiver, that he could have a breakout season again this year because their offense is just going to run so many plays. Um, And then same thing goes for Leonard Fournette, where Leonard Fournette, people think, will have a breakout season again this year because, uh, bearing injury, he really is one of the better running backs in this league. All that being said... The exact opposite could happen too. David, <laughs> David okay, Johnson, hey, yeah, David Johnson. Don't go back to say his, that every time. Yeah, but yes, it's true. Course. Like the, 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 all these guys are extreme examples of that. David Johnson could be the RB ten again. You could have Leonard Fournette get hurt week three. You could have uh, Mark Ingram lose his starting role. So it, there's just it's 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 a crapshoot. But at his ceiling, David's team is really really good. I like how he's going with Leonard Fournette after last year, kind of hoping for a rebuttal like I am as well. Juju always puts up big numbers. I'm hoping well for David again, too. It would, it would be nice to see him up there uh, competing for the top spots once again. Uh, hoping good things for him. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it scares me, like Kyle was just saying about your team, Tyler, with the risk. I kind of feel that with David, too. I mean, mm-hmm. David Johnson, sure. you're expecting that. Re- really, his whole team is a revenge team in terms of their NFL crews. You're looking at Cam Newton, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Julian Edelman. Um just as his top five players, all five of those guys, you can put that spin on their career. Newton had a down season, I think, last year for him personally and gets a, quite a lot of shit no matter what. Um, David Johnson obviously injured last year. Fournette 
fell apart late in the season. And David, I believe, uh, went on that wild ride last year too. So he's up for that again. Juju, first year as a number one without AB, you know, taking some of the defense's attention. And then Julian Edelman aging with Tom Brady. He's over 30 years old as well and doesn't have a great record of finding the end zone per se, but always a weapon when it comes to PPR. Can I make another gentleman's bet? Sure. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be the number one receiver overall this year. Are you fucking kidding me? I was just about to say that with with my speech. You let me talk. Oh, you, hey, do you, no, do you I, want to I, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. Number one. Let's take them on. Why not? I mean, yeah. Yeah, me and Tyler will say no. No, we won't. Versus okay. you two. Okay. That's yeah. two versus you two. Gentlemen's bet. Good. All right. It's on. Um, Log it. Yeah. Well, okay. That was my point of thunder that I was going to make about David's team was I was going to project Juju number one. That's okay. Um, I do love David's team. Like I, I brought up Darius uh, guys earlier. I think he's going to end up being that RB2. I think Leonard Fournette will follow the bench because you'll probably get injured again. But I, I like. I think Julian Edelman's a good pick, um, number one receiver in New England again. He always works out. Um, I like Cam Newton this year. He had a down year last year, but his shoulder was fucked, so he couldn't throw the ball downfield. Um, aside from that, I think Cam Newton's finished in the top five every year of his career as a quarterback. So I think he's always kind of one of those sleeper QBs. Um, but yeah, I'm high on David's team. I like it. Good, good stuff. Um, good for Davey. Tied with David in that three spot, uh, Randall Tainer, uh, an impeccable regular season performer in Luke history, and he looks to be set up to do that again. In my personal opinion, um, my favorite pick obviously gets Saquon at number two after I went with Kamara at number one. But my favorite picks for um, Randy were Dalvin Cook and Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson sounds ludicrous, but in Fantasy football, when you're running the ball that much as a quarterback, that's a huge weapon. I mean, that's a huge weapon, even if he can't throw that well. And I think that's actually been overhyped a little bit. I think he can throw okay. His accuracy has been an issue. But I expect Lamar Jackson not to break out by any means to like a top five quarterback, but to be a really reliable option with the pass run uh, combo and his points. And then Dalvin Cook had a tough time staying on the field so far in his career in Minnesota, but has all the skill and talent. And when he plays, you just see him being a dominant NFL running back. It's just a matter of staying on the field. Yeah. And to your point about Lamar Jackson, he's got Matty ice on the bench. So he's got a nice backup. Um, if things don't work out with Lamar and the I think, yin and yang, kind of, you get the gunslinger yeah. type versus the run pass type. Yeah. You could play matchups easily with those two. Um, I love his running backs and I think Randall might have the best, group of running backs if we really look at it. saquon and i connor's right dalvin when he's healthy is unbelievable to watch he's super good i think he's a top five running back when he's healthy and i think Devonte has a bounce back year finishes in the top 10 With i could Kevin see randall having three top that. 10 or top 10 running backs this year which i think could carry his team and let's not let's not sleep on chris godwin i actually had him last year shows flashes of being a pretty good receiver now that he's the true number two behind mike evans i could see godwin having a good year tampa bay throws the ball a shit ton so that could really work out for Randy. Paul, I know me and you were talking about Godwin a little bit, um, and and maybe the opposite sense of Kyle there. I, I didn't trust him as much. I didn't have him on my team, of course, so maybe I'm not the best source. But I'm surprised at all the hype he's pulling in early in the season. Any any thoughts on that or just Randall's team in general? Yeah, I mean, I think Godwin's fine. I think he's the number two receiver to a not great quarterback um, is kind of where I'll put it. Um, obviously, I have Evans, so I have to say that. And so I'm hoping Evans gets all the catches. Uh, but I'm just not super hot on Godwin. I think he got a lot of catches last year. And much like Ridley, I think that's going to um, go kind of back to where it should be. And it's going to go lower this season. I think, to me, honestly, I, I know we ranked him high. 
Randall's team scares me a lot. I think it's one of those teams that he picked a lot of guys that did really well last season, and they re- could regret- regress back to their normal back to this season. Everyone's super hot in digs, and to me it's kind of hard to understand because he only scored points on really bad defenses, and they have uh, one of the harder strength of schedules this next year, and so uh, this, this coming year. And he has their running back, their receiver, and then on his bench, he has another one of their players. So, again, I I think Randy's team could – a lot of 2018 players that um, could not be as good in 2019. Yeah, and he's got Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to Stephon Diggs, so that's never good. Uh, Saquon, he has a young squad, too, which is uh, interesting to see. I think the young guys tend to be a little more energetic and score some more points for him. uh, Especially in the regular season. I think that's a valid point. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But, yeah, I'm looking for Randall to have a good season this year. Yep, and with that, we're getting into the top two. Both sitting at this table. <laughs> There's going to be some controversy. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to sure. get some group chat, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, these were blind rankings. I'm just pointing that out. Number two, Kyle George. Uh, take the floor away, Kyle, on your team. You've, you've touched on how excited you are about your squad. Do you want to expand a little bit on that? Sure. Uh, yeah, I really loved how this draft went for me. I was... Telling the boys earlier, I got my first three picks. Or I think, was I saying that on the yeah. pod? I, yeah, I said that on the pod. So I went Zeke, um, Thielen, or sorry, Zeke, Kelsey, then Thielen, which I love those as my top three guys. Um, I love Robert Woods. I looked at his game log last year. Connor, I think you had him. Oh, I my did. God, is I he wanted consistent. him so bad this year. He always he became my best wide yeah, receiver behind Tyreek. Like, like, or I guess on my two. At least every single week. He didn't have a lot of huge he was games, awesome. but it was like 10 points every week. I loved so I was it. Like, he was okay. my permanent flex, and he right. just kept getting double digits. It was yeah. awesome. So I loved him. Um, I thought that was a good get. Zach Ertz, obviously, I've already brought him up, so I like him. Um, and then shout out to Jack for that little uh, six seven swap we did as part of our trade. It allowed me to get Aaron Rodgers, which I do think takes my team to another level if he stays healthy. Obviously, that's the case for every player, but Rodgers recently has been a little, little injury prone, which does worry me a little bit. But I mean, obviously, a healthy Rodgers is a deadly Rodgers. So um, I think top to bottom, my team's pretty solid. My bench has. I took a lot of risks on my bench. Um, there are some guys on here that you kind of look at and probably don't really have any business, but I wanted to try and get some of those guys that I looked at who would be waiver wire pickups in like week one and two. Um, that's really Justice Hill and like Nikhil Harry, like those kind of guys. I wanted to try and get them on my team now, so I reached a little bit for them, but I, I like love my it. team. I like it. I like it's the fair. strategy. Ty? Yeah. Uh, I think your team is <laughs> it's one or two, you know. It's, it's top. If Zeke is playing you got one of the best squads in the league. But with Sony Michelle and James White, and if Zeke is not playing, I don't love the running back tandem. They're definitely going to get you a solid amount of points, and your other players can probably back you up. But it'll be interesting to see. Your uh, your bench is, I mean, you got Larry Fitz and Sammy Watkins, so I like that. I mean, I, I like your squad, Kyle. Thanks, Ty. Yeah. Peace, Chef. Uh, similar to Randall, I the more I look at it, the more I'm average on it, to be completely honest. I, again, you have potential to just go off this season. Um, you have Ertz, who could get hurt. I mean, any player could get hurt, but Ertz, who has... <laughs> That's been your specialty this pod, is <laughs> yeah. letting us know that star players can indeed not play this season. Yeah, but Ertz, history of injury prone, or right. history of being injury prone. Sony Michelle, who I'm convinced has glass knees. Um, <laughs> Zeke, who might not play. Um... Aaron Rodgers, who's been playing hurt for a lot of, a lot of his career at this point, and then he has um, 
And then he had where, where, where am I looking at? And then he has Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is going to be his most consistent player. I, like that, that's honestly, I think if he's going to count on one player to be consistent week in week out, it's going to be Robert Woods, which is a weird thing to say when he's a middle round pick for him. Yeah, um, when I'm, I, I think I had a tendency in my Luke history to overvalue people's benches rather than their starters, and to me. Um, Kyle has the best starting lineup right now when I stare at it. I mean, he's stacked from top to bottom, including the defense and kicker. So um, I, I think it's definitely worthy of the one spot in the rankings. And I, I think I'm as I'm a big proponent, Melvin Gordon's not playing. I'm a huge proponent. Zeke will be playing. I agree. Um, I think that's just based on, obviously, their situations, what we've heard so far. But with Zeke in the lineup, I, I think Kyle's team's lethal. I think... Although Sony Michelle isn't going to be great at the start of the season, if Bill Belichick finds the rhythm with his running backs, because James White will be the passing back, we know that, and he was a top ten back last year with the PPR um, or close to it, and then Sony Michelle was great later in the season. So if he picks it up at the start and can prove to be um, Belichick's guy, he's shown that he'll stick with one guy for his for the season if that guy keeps producing. I mean, it's always with yeah. about production with Belichick. I think Kyle's. Uh, the the basis of it best starting lineup so not surprised to see him at two um kind of surprised actually not to see him at one <laughs> unless i wasn't in the league of course and that brings us to number one where the devilishly good looking host of this podcast myself kamish khan um is sitting currently narrowly edging kyle out in our uh, group debates or our group uh point ranking system do you guys want to start or uh... sure i'll start <laughs> Connor took every player that I wanted and put him on his team. So uh, let's start with Kamara. Super hot on Kamara. I'm like, this is going to be a great guy to get a number three. Nope, Connor gets him number one. Chubb. All right, I'll get Chubb in the second round. Nope, Connor grabs Or I'll get Chubb as my pick in the third round. Nope, Connor grabs him. Um, so then I'm like, okay, well, I think I have a chance at getting... Um, I have a chance at getting uh, who, Fairburn. Fair, this is this is the one that hurt most. Fairburn, who most of you guys, if you guys don't know who that is. It's a kicker for the Texans, everybody. Yeah. We're talking Kai Fairburn. Yeah, <laughs> Kai Fairburn. I was He was my favorite pick going into this draft. He was my most consistent scorer last year. If you don't believe me, look at the records. He was my top scorer twice last season. <laughs> Number two kicker overall. He was going eight this season as kickers. What does Connor do? Drafts him like three rounds before the end. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You took Fairburn? So anyways, look for Fairburn to be one of the best players on a very running back heavy offense for Connor. I think Fairburn's going to end up maybe leading Connor to the ship this year. Super hot on Connor's team in Fairburn. Let's go, Fairburn. Ty, what are your <laughs> initial thoughts? Dak Prescott at the helm always helps. But uh, no. I would like to point out, Dak, I would never draft Dak. That was just purely strategy off the waiver wires. Yeah. Dak, went, Dak went undrafted, as we, you would expect at home. <laughs> Sorry, thanks for the love, though. <laughs> anyway, Connor, uh, no, just all your players can put up big numbers is what the scary part is, or they have potential to. A.B., Nick Chubb, Alvin, and Dak Prescott. I mean, come on. No, uh, you have... Incredible depth, Alshon Jeffrey, Lamar Miller, Will Fuller, all big players on uh, good teams. Tevin Coleman, he has a chance to work out. Kyle knows something about him. And then, yeah, I'm looking for Connor to have a good year. Kyle? Yeah, I like Connor's team a lot. Um, I, 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 You need to start Big Ben over Dak. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking there. Dak I'm thinking Prescott. Giants. I'm thinking someone who the can Giants the- defense. Oh, okay. So it's just for this week. Just this week. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, Connor. I, I want to start Kyler Murray eventually, just not yeah, in his first game. I did game. see him on your bench lingering down there. That's That could work out. 
Uh, I do love Damian Williams, obviously those Kansas City running backs. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because they do have Carlos Hyde, and I have a feeling they're going to want to use him too because Hyde's coming off a pretty good season. Yeah, it'll so, be interesting out there. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to look like. Obviously, I think Damian's going to be you know the number one guy and get more of the carries, but it will be interesting to see. Uh, I hate the one thing I do hate about your team is that Kenny Galladay, number two receiver. I think that's the weakest point of your team. Um, but you do have depth at the receiver position to where you can make up for it. I think Will Fuller could easily take over that wide receiver two spot, um, assuming he comes back fully healthy. But, yeah, I mean, Connor's team, it's its hard not to argue um, with him being number one. So, I, I Yeah, so I, I like my team a lot. Obviously, everyone likes their team after the draft. Um, but I am surprised that I got the number one spot. I expected me to be three or four because, again, I think what got me the number one spot is I have what I consider by far the most – quality depth in our league um at the three major positions of quarterback wide receiver and running back i don't think i have the best at any of them but i just think i have quality options with uh lamar miller fuller jeffrey um and then even jamison crowder being the jets number one i don't love darnold giving him the ball but i think that's what got me the number one ranking in terms of my starters i mean the wide receivers make me so nervous i have antonio brown who's literally a psychopath right now um looks like he's practicing though good news i'm just crossing my fingers there kyle noted it i don't like kenny galladay being my wide receiver too i picture him as a flex but um my thinking here was that stafford can throw the ball effectively and they throw the ball a ton historically and did last year as well so um why not get a guy who gets the opportunities with a decent quarterback? And then I thought I did a good job providing, like you mentioned, myself options with Alshon Jeffrey and Will Fuller in case Galladay kind of busts. He's the season hinges to me on Damian Williams. Um, if he falls out of number one for Kansas City because they are kind of just a system offense when it comes to running back, um, I don't think that's going to happen. But there's, a, I think, a better than... Uh, average shot for him to have some competition as you mentioned i don't think it would be from carlos hyde but even just a signing or something i could see kansas city implementing pretty much anyone into that running back position and succeeding so that scares me i need him to be dynamic early in the season and claim that number one spot for them um for the whole year and i think if that's the case i'll be set um quickly when alvin kamara number one over the popular saquon barkley um, just because I don't want to be a part of the giant circus when the Eli Daniel Jones talks start coming. No, that's not based around Saquon, but it's just not fun to be a part of when you have a key player on that team. The best player on that team. The best player in football, talent-wise, I think. I do think Saquon's the most talented player in football. I just, their offense is going to be so bad. Do you think he's more talented than Fairburn? Okay, good point. Second most talented. <laughs> That's a great point to wrap up the pod. Um, with a bitter Paul Sheffield uh, wishing Kai Fairbairn a great 2019 campaign. Um, Tyler Bagenstoss having to root for my team. And Kyle George personally donating to Jerry Jones GoFundMe for Zeke right now. Uh, this is Kamish Khan signing off until next week. Looking forward to a great 2019-2020 campaign. And can't wait to fill you in on all the latest Lug action. Talk to you next week. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their.
but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.